Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Top of the hour scoreboard update coming up with Brad Huber. It's been a wild, wild night of college football. When we come back after the scoreboard update, Matt Taylor and I will talk about the Colts and their matchup with Jacksonville. But right now, here to catch you up on a busy night in college football's Network Indiana's Brad Huber. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, everybody. One more game in progress across the state of Indiana, and it is looking better and better for the Purdue Boilermakers as Aiden O'Connor found Charlie Jones and tack on a roughing the passer penalty. And the Purdue Boilermakers now first and 10 inside the 20 of Nebraska leading 43 to 37 with 220 to go so whether they run out the clock or kick a field goal they are looking good to go to five and two three and one in conference play and they will tie for the big 10 west lead at three and one with illinois and then they will play at wisconsin coming up next weekend another game that just went final not too long ago the stanford cardinal got the win over the notre dame fighting irish 16 to 14 notre dame had the football but audrick estimate fumbled the football turning it back over the Stanford. Stanford gave it back to Notre Dame, but Notre Dame couldn't score, and they turned it over on downs, giving Stanford the win. Earlier today, the Ball State Cardinals trailed 21-10 at the half, but scored outscored UConn 15 to nothing in the second half a couple of touchdowns from Carson Steele and the Cardinals win 25 to 21 now four and three on the year the Maryland Terrapins got the best of the Indiana Hoosiers today 38 to 33 Indiana dropped their fourth straight game on the season with help from a fumble and a mistimed taunting penalty late in that ball game at the FCS level Butler beat Valpo today in the in-state battle 26 to 25 Youngstown State beat Indiana State in the tight one 48 to 42 Division two today, Saginaw Valley beat Indianapolis Greyhounds 38-14. Division three, it was Mount St. Joseph's all over Anderson today, 59-3. And then a lot of wins for Indiana teams. Franklin, three in a row now. They beat Defiance 48-19. Hanover beat Manchester 51-20, also their third straight win. And for the Engineers, beat Bluffton 48-20. That's Rose Holman, their third straight win of the season, all in the HCAC, all undefeated in HCAC play. Franklin and Rose Holman, three. 3-0, Hanover at 2-0. Try and Thunder beat Olive 39-37 in triple overtime today. They are 6-1 on the season. Wabash beat Ohio Westland 41-24. The Little Giants now 3-1 in NCAC play. NAIA Indiana Westland beat Lawrence Tech in Michigan 35-14. And Marion beat San St. Francis of Indiana 37-10 in the rivalry game. Taylor beat Concordia 24-21. And it's just going final now at Ross 8 Stadium, Purdue, winning today 43-37 officially. NASCAR at Las Vegas for the first round, the round to eight. There's one Hoosier involved. Chase Briscoe still in the playoffs. He'll start on the outside of row number eight. As there'll be Tyler Reddick and Austin Sendrick on the front row tomorrow for the South Point 400. That will go green about 2.30 tomorrow afternoon also the indianapolis colts in action tomorrow looking to try to get their first win in afc south divisional play there oh two and one coming into that ball game and some tough news offensively we knew defensively that quitty pay and also shaquille leonard were not going to play we found out today that naheem hines and jonathan taylor were not going to play as well but jonathan taylor talks about how the colts and jags have gotten better since their matchup in week two 
Definitely with Jacksonville. Of course, we know that their defensive front is very stout, very good. The offense has begun to, to play at a, at a great level as well. So, And they're still improving. And as far as on our end, we're able to get some things going. But being able to continue to stay consistent, being able to you know stay on, stay ahead of schedule, and, and not being able to put ourselves in, in damaging situations, you know, a lot of times just self-inflicted wounds. Um, so just making sure we got to play clean football. I mean, number one, it's, it's hard to beat an opponent when you can't even play clean football. So number one, that just going into this game. we got to play fundamentally sound football. Colts and the Jags. Lucas Oil Stadium 1 o'clock tomorrow. The Colts are tied for the lead in the AFC South. So a big game in Indianapolis tomorrow. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Colts in action tomorrow taking on uh, Tennessee, and it's a very important game. They are all important, but I think uh, this one, you know, especially important for the good guys. It's a one o'clock start at Lucas Oil Stadium. With me, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor. Hello, Matt. Hey, I'm. How are you, Bob? Good to talk to you again. It's great to talk to you. Since we last talked, uh, it's been it's been an interesting interesting run for the uh, Colts. Um, I think we're still waiting for the offense to settle in and uh, you know figure out who they are and what they're about. Uh, defensively, you see some bright spots, but as I mentioned, this is a, an extremely important game uh, against Tennessee. Uh, as we know, it's a rematch. And secondly, you just got to start to put some things together. For feel better about yourselves and and I think uh, show to yourselves and others that you can in fact play at a high level now trying to put it all together tomorrow because you're exactly right through five games they're 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 about as 500 as possible I mean you're two two and one so you've done just about as as everything as you can record wise to get to this point and right I mean yeah you look at offensively I mean it's it's uneven and and quite frankly it's it's below that. I mean, you're coming off a season, uh, you know, season where, you know, you've, you know, failed to score a touchdown in two games. Uh, you know, you've had a game where you got shut out. You know, you're, you're talking about all field goals against Denver last time out on Thursday night football, you know, 13.8 points per game. And then tomorrow against Jacksonville, you know, you're going to be without your two top running backs with Naeem Hines right, and Jonathan right. Taylor out. And so then it's all hands on deck. You know, it's going to be Deion Jackson. And then Philip Lindsay was brought up off the practice squad earlier today. And um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that uh, comes to fruition. Plus, you know, I don't have to tell Colts fans. It was, you know, certainly an experience, you know, on a short week with changing up about mm-hmm. 60% of your offensive line on a short week where you're not practicing and you're going through walkthroughs, and you got a new left tackle, you got a new right guard, you got a new right tackle. Um, you know how they shape some things out along that offensive line tomorrow is going to be a big storyline, plus the injury report. So um, there's no question. This, you know, tomorrow and then the week after with Tennessee, these are, in my opinion, must-win games to win the AFC South for the first time since 2014 because you're just not going to have a lot of opportunities to to make right. some hay in the division in the back half of the schedule. 
If you didn't know uh, by now that Matt Taylor's one of the really good guys, all you have to know is that he took pity on an elderly broadcaster when he mentioned that it was Tennessee and not Jacksonville. Others would have jumped in there and, and made me feel bad. But he, we all knew pro what you that meant. he we is. We all knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, you're the best. I every week, Bob, because I fall in that trap, too. It's like, who we got this Sunday? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, no, you're fantastic. Look, I got about a minute here, but uh, you mentioned the injury report. It is not good at all. No, it's not good at all. I mean, you're you're, you're going to be without Naeem Hines, uh, Jonathan Taylor, as we said. Shaq Leonard's not going to play. Quiddy Pay's not going to play. But you know, listen, that's that's life in the NFL. I mean, every team deals with it, and um, it's more severe at times than others uh, for every team uh, throughout the course of a season. And so, you just got to deal. So with with Quiddy Pay, it's going to be, you know, Tyquan Lewis and Dio Dangbo stepping up in that regard. And then it's going to be Deion Jackson and, and Philip Lindsay in the running game. So they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out somehow. And that front seven for Jacksonville, you know, one of the best in the NFL with all the investments they've made on that side of the ball. So um, they're going to have to figure out how to generate some momentum and generate some efficiency on first and second down in the running game in order to be good in that game tomorrow. Hey, Matt, just uh, hang on if you can. We'll go to the scoreboard update and uh, come back and talk with Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow, 1 o'clock start, taking on uh, Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, on the road at uh, Tennessee next week. So these are really important ball games. Uh, and um, so we'll continue to talk about the injuries, about the offense, and those kinds of things with, with Matt Taylor. Coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to try to give you an update from Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame losing to Stanford. Also going to try to uh, give you a report from West Lafayette uh, in terms of the Boilers' uh, big win at home against Nebraska. We are hopeful that that in fact, happened. So uh, we've got a lot more football to talk about. But uh, coming after after this scoreboard update, we'll continue our conversation with Matt Taylor uh, from the Indianapolis Colts as the Colts take on uh, Jacksonville. So that's coming up. Stay with us. More football to come on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. And this college football Saturday is now over across the state of Indiana, and the late games ended up in split results for the teams from Indiana. In South Bend, it was the Stanford Cardinal getting the best of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 16-14. to A couple of turnovers late in the game uh, cost Notre Dame that ball game. Stanford gets their second win of the season. Notre Dame falls to 3-4. and four. Better news if you're a Purdue Boilermaker fan in a wild contest today at Ross State Stadium. 80 total points in that contest. And Purdue holds off Nebraska 43 to 37. Another game that came down to the wire. And the Boilermakers are now 5 and 2, one win away from bowl eligibility, and now tied the lead in the Big Ten West with Illinois. Other games earlier today uh, Ball State got the best of UConn, 25 to 21. Ball State outscored UConn 15 to nothing in the second half to get the win. Indiana fell to Maryland, 38 to 33. Indiana falls four games in a row now. A game against Rutgers needs to get a win for IU next week. Butler beat Valpo in the in state battle, 26 to 25. The six 
Sycamores of Indiana State fell to Youngstown State, the Penguins, 48-42. The Greyhounds of UIndy of Indianapolis, they fell to Saginaw Valley, 38-14. Indiana Westlane beat Lawrence Tech in Michigan, 35-14. Marion over at St. Francis, Indiana in state rivalry game, 37-10. Taylor beat Concordia, 24-21. Well, more scores and uh, other thoughts uh, throughout the night tonight as well. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Matt Taylor rejoins us, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. All right, this is a rematch. Um, You know, you're playing these teams twice before the first half of the season, which doesn't happen that often. So what do you think they've learned in looking back at that first matchup on the road at Jacksonville? Well, the first meeting, you know, it was all about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, year two out of Clemson. And if you look at his, you know, trajectory, you know, in a year and, and five games, if you will, uh, the, the two best games he's had in his career have come against the Colts, unfortunately. If you go back to mm. week two, mm-hmm. uh, he's completed, you know, in that game, he completed 83% of his passes, had a passer rating of 121.5. Those numbers by far a career high. And if you go back to week 18 of last year, um, you know, the common denominators is the, the Colts just let him get into a rhythm early. You know, he completed his first seven passes in week number two and just got into a, a real good rhythm. And, you know, they've let him settle in. That confidence uh, boosted for him big time, you know, and it started from the get-go. So uh, I think tomorrow, I mean, those, those last two games, I mean, if you look at it from a big-picture standpoint, you know, week 18 last year, week two this year, you know, the, the Jaguars in those two games beat the Colts by a combined score of 50-11, to 11, right? So those mm-hmm. two games were in Jacksonville. We all know about the troubles for the Colts beating Jacksonville on the road. It hasn't happened since 2014. Um, but at home has been a different story. It's, it's really right. weird. I mean, the Colts – the Colts have won four in a row, eight of the last nine against Jacksonville at Lucas Oil Stadium. In fact, the the home team in this series has won ten consecutive games. Wow! Um, so it's it's very much dependent on on where these games are, are played in terms of of the outcomes. But uh, get after Trevor Lawrence early in this game and don't let him settle in and don't let that confidence build. But then from a schematic standpoint. It's, he's very much still, I think, a, an NCAA player where they want to get him out and they want to get him, you know, with a run-pass option, mm-hmm, get him on mm-hmm. the edge, uh, you know, get him on a boot where he can decide some things or throw on the run. The Colts have to do a better job of just keeping him in the well, as they say, keep him in the pocket and, and force him to make quicker decisions. That all boils down to pass rush and pressure in his face. Um, so – that to me is the biggest thing in this game and then I think they've got a lot of weapons they're going to be down a weapon tomorrow they're not going to have Marvin Jones he's out with an injury but I've been really impressed with sort of their check down game and their intermediate passing game with the running backs and James Robinson and Travis Etienne these are really good players that they have um, that that Trevor Lawrence can rely on you know on a third and short a third and medium so that to me is the biggest thing is take away those guys and get after Trevor Lawrence early and disrupt his confidence and that rhythm early in the first quarter. It seems to me, too, to be the type of game where you really do need to have 
a, a pretty good start. I mean, you say that about every game, I suppose. But, you know, especially in a situation where you're not playing well, uh, your confidence has to be shaken a little bit. And you want to establish. And, you know, they haven't had the luxury of being able to get on the board first and play from ahead very much this year, which is something that the, they anticipate and really would like to do. And so uh, maybe more so than other games, this is a crucial game to get a great start. Bob, I did the I did the math the other night, and I don't want to depress Colts fans, but I'll tell you what the math told me because um, I was curious about just the, the time of possession or the time with the lead in hand this right. year so far for the Colts through five games. So the Colts have played five games plus two overtime games. So basically boils down to 317 minutes of football. So they played five games, which equates to 317 minutes of football so far this season. The Colts in that time, out of 317 minutes of football, have led for 36 minutes, which is 11%. (laughs) It's 11% of the season. Um, Right. So you, you talk about the AFC South games specifically individually because the Colts have played all three AFC South uh, teams at least once to this point, and they've trailed by as many as 17 points in every game against the division so far this season. Um, so they, they've got to get off to better starts, and they've just got to get, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it starts early too because if you look at every game so far this season, the Colts have had the, the beginning possession or the, the first possession of the game in every game so far this year, and they haven't scored yet. You know, they've gone three and out three times. They, four, they, they threw an interception. They fumbled once. So, yeah, you, you just can't have the 13.8 points per game mm-hmm. plus the 21 sacks taken plus the turnovers. The turnovers are killing this team. And, and it, it really, honestly, like it, it boils down to – you know the 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 plus plus minus margin and turnover margin because the defense has been really good, but if you right. clean up the turnovers, the defensive numbers would be that much better because you're putting the defense into a lot of bad situations. So I know I gave you a lot right there, but if you can get off to a better start, certainly it would change the dynamic of what you call an offense, what you want to be on defense. Maybe get some more takeaways if you're up by two scores in the second half. So. There's no doubt about it that this team's been playing been playing behind the eight ball a lot so far this season. Matt Taylor, you're going to hear him tomorrow calling the matchup with the Colts and Jacksonville Lucas Oil Stadium. If you're fortunate enough to be there, it's going to be a tremendous matchup. Matt, I appreciate you doing this as always, uh, and I wish the Colts luck. Um, you keep you get that feeling that we're just we're all waiting for the breakout, and uh, let's hope that it's tomorrow. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, Frank Reich thinks that a breakout is possible, but until you do it, you know you're just you're 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 exactly right. You wait and. You hope that offensive line can put it together, and yeah, hope hope that breakout comes against a, a very important game against a division team. There's no question about that. Matt, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Bob. You too. Thanks a lot, Matt. Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. He did give us a lot of great information. Think about this: eleven percent of the time, the Colts have had a lead. Uh, you know, and and I asked him early on in the interview. You know, I, you know, I didn't ask. I made the comment that they, have, they haven't played particularly well. And then I started to, as soon as I asked that question, I started to think about, well, you know what, they 
They haven't been that bad, but then you hear this stat that they've only been ahead 11% of the time. Um, yeah, clearly, this is, a, this is not the start people anticipated. A very important game for the obvious reasons now with, with Jacksonville. Injuries, as you heard, are affecting both teams. I would say that affecting the Colts more so than the Jags. But again, um, you know, now you just get in a situation where you got to play through this and, and you really do. And I, I understand that it's a, a cliche, but you really do need a, a good start. I mean, you really, really do. And, you know, again, it's underscored by the fact that you've only been ahead 11 percent of the time that you've played. And that that is just a staggering statistic, quite frankly. When you start to intellectualize that, you're, sta- you're sitting here going, that, that can't be. There's That's got to be wrong. Well, it's not. And so uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Colts taking on. Jacksonville. We'll find out a lot about what's going on in football. Uh, the sectionals for high school football begin on Friday night around the state for 1, 2, 3, and 4A. So be ready for those matchups. Uh, there are some really, really good ones, as you would anticipate. And also, as you do on Fridays, but even more so during tournament play, don't forget to join us on Indiana Sports Talk. You know, we've done this now. This will be our 29th year of doing high school football. Uh, I think we have an understanding of how it's supposed to be done, and we know you rely on us a lot of scores and a timely fashion. And then the uh, the interviews that we do with coaches and media members are just fun. Nothing, nothing more than fun. So join us for Indiana Sports Talk. Coming up, we're going to talk uh, some Notre Dame football. Difficult loss for the Irish tonight, 16-14 to Stanford. We're going to try to talk about Purdue in another one of those Purdue finishes where they get a one-possession win. Uh, literally goes down to the end. So we've got a lot more football to go on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. And let's talk Division Three football tonight. For the most part, across the state, it was a really good day for our Division Three schools. Franklin, they got their third straight win, defeating Defiance 48-19. Hanover, winners over Manchester in an in-state battle, 51-20. Third straight win for the Panthers. And Rose-Holman, 48-20 over Bluffton, their third straight win as well. All three of those HCAC teams now tie for the lead in terms of in the loss column. Franklin and Rose-Holman, 3-0. Hanover at 2-0 in HCAC play. In triple overtime today, it was the Trine Thunder defeating Olivet 39-37. The Thunder now 6-1 on the year. And in the NCAC, the Wabash Little Giants, they got the win over Ohio Wesleyan 41-24 going to 3-1 in NCAC play. Indiana Wesleyan winners today over Lawrence Tech in Michigan 35-14. An in-state rivalry matchup between Marion and St. Francis of Indiana went to Marion 37-10. Taylor beat Concordia 24-21. The Greyhounds of Indianapolis 
Indianapolis fell to Saginaw Valley, 38-14. And the Sycamores of Indiana State lose to Youngstown State, 48-42. Butler beating Valpo, 26-25. An in-state battle. Games just ending. The Purdue Boilermakers in a wild one over Nebraska, 43-37. Aiden O'Connell, four touchdown passes in that game. Stanford beats Notre Dame, 16-14. Ball State winners over UConn. Maryland falls, or Indiana falls to Maryland. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Boilermakers, 47-43 winners uh, over Nebraska. Brad Huber, you you watched that game, did you not? While in between your scoreboard updates, it was crazy, was it not? It was a wild football game. It seemed like whenever uh, somebody scored, then the other team came right back and scored. And uh, just lucky enough for Purdue, they uh, had one more score than Nebraska did today, 43-37. to But, man, that could have gone either way. And uh, Purdue found a way to get a win at home tonight over a very – you know, we didn't think it would be saying this, uh, you know, a decent Nebraska team uh, here this season. You know, sometimes uh, when you uh, make a coaching change uh, during the school year, which you know, I'm, I'm philosophically opposed to, um, just as a, as a point, you know, not that anybody necessarily cares, but uh, I don't I don't think you – if, if you have a problem, unless, unless it's a necessity – but change just to make a change, and uh, you, you sometimes sometimes kids respond. Sometimes teams rally around that new coach. Um, it, it's you know one of two ways: you're either going to rally around the coach, or you're just going to continue not to play well. And you know, I think the Nebraska team has rallied. I think they played better football. I think they would agree with it. But it's uh, this is the mo for the Boilermakers. Um, you know, get out there. Uh, get down to the end, find ways to win, and they just continue to do it. They're five and two now. It's a formula that seems to work for them. It does, and they've had several tight ball games this year. You kind of think through, even the one they lost to Penn State earlier in the season. They had a tight one against Syracuse that they fell right uh, late in the game, and they've also found ways to win. But you talk about teams that have changed coaches. Nebraska was one this year. They have one more coming up next weekend against Wisconsin, who just changed coaches, I think it was last right. week. So that game will be up in Madison, which will be tough, but I assume it'll be another tight one down the stretch in that game. But yeah, Aiden O'Connell today, 391 <laughs> yards, four touchdowns. Right, Charlie right. Jones, 12 receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. And Markaby had 30 uh, catches, 178 yards, and a touchdown. So an all-around great team effort today. Uh, tonight by Purdue to go to five and two, one game shy now of bowl eligibility, which they can do with a win at Wisconsin next week, and also a big game next week to try to stay alive in the uh, Big Ten West right. race right. to try to get to Lucas Oil Stadium in December. Uh, they are tied with Illinois now at three and one in that Big Ten West. So the Boilermakers, uh, they are right there in the Big Ten championship chase. The interesting thing is, uh, if is that. You know, we seem to forget last year the Boilers won nine games. They won nine. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. It was, it was the quietest nine-game nine <laughs> winning season anybody, anybody didn't talk, didn't talk about. And, um, you know, lost obviously a lot off that team, but they have Aiden O'Connell, and he is 
been steady and he's been battling battled injuries early on but tonight showed you what he's capable of doing and this is a team that can put points on the board and even though you you're in a ball game where there are a whole lot of points scored you still love the Purdue uh, improvement on defense and it's allowed them to win these five games yeah, it's allowed them to uh, get the stops they've needed to. They held Nebraska their late in that game and, and picked up offensively. Uh, first down they needed to. They had fourth and one in midfield that Aiden O'Connell was able to get with his legs on a uh, kind of a broken play that was a uh, quarterback scramble. But, you know, he's been a true leader of this football team, and they weren't sure if he was going to return after last season. He decided to, right. and I think that ended up being the right call for him. And, you know, who knows? You might see him on uh, Sundays in the uh, coming years. Well, it's to wait and see on Ephraim, but they got a lot of talent uh, for this team up in West Lafayette. Right. They are going to be uh, scary good, and you know we talked about nine wins, including a win in the Music City Bowl, which was about just as wild as this one. So they know yeah, how to absolutely. win wild football games, right? Notre Dame, different story. No offense today. It seems like sixteen, fourteen losers to Stanford uh, at Notre Dame, and. Uh, as, as you mentioned, the prolific nature of Purdue's offense, you look at this Notre Dame offense that literally never got going today. Yeah, behind the quarterback, only 151 yards passing today, one touchdown. Uh, Diggs, the lean uh, rusher, only had 57 yards. And Mayer, the receiver, only five receptions for 60 yards. Those were the leaders of the pass rush and reception categories for Notre Dame and just a struggle there up in South Bend to get anything going. And yet they were still right in that football game, just had uh, a bad penalty and a bad turnover, sort of like Indiana today, uh, that led to uh, the why they are now 3-3 three and three on the season, falling to Stanford. It's uh, those penalties and turnovers that come in very inopportune times, and that's what uh, Notre Dame had they, uh, to cause them a loss. But, you know, despite the poor offense today, they were still right there. Their defense played well uh, in this right. ball game today against right. Stanford and kept them in it. Just can't seem to get them uh, on the same page, you know. And they just are out of sync, offense, defense, uh, and a, a, a di- a literally a very day for for Notre Dame and um, you know it's just been one of those things where I think we all intuitively know you can't win football games if you turn it over and you have penalties at inopportune times I think we know that and you know from a coaching standpoint you just know uh, that hey look it's easy to tell your team hey don't fumble and hey don't uh, don't have penalties it's you know that that's there's not much coaching going on there the, the the problem then becomes everybody knows you have to take care of the ball and not have penalties uh, but it's hard to put that into action and so um, you know Notre Dame uh, with a chance um, they'll be in Las Vegas uh, taking on Nevada uh, next week, and so a, a chance, I, I hope a chance, for them to get themselves right, pick up a win, kind of turn themselves around, and they go to Syracuse, and they play Clemson in Notre Dame, then at Navy, Boston College, and um, then at Southern Cal. So they have, uh, they, they, there are some challenges there in, in that schedule, without question, as they wrap it up. As you mentioned, the Boilers – uh, at Wisconsin, the Boilers wrap up their season with uh, Iowa on the 5th of November at home at Illinois. Illinois 
Uh, Illinois and Purdue, how about that? Those two teams atop the West Division, uh, Northwestern, and then the old Oak and Bucket game at IU. And you pointed it out, and if you're IU, you can't turn it over uh, three times in the second half. You can't do those kinds of things and expect to win football games. No, you can't. And just like right. Notre Dame, uh, IU yeah. uh, had a turnover and a penalty in an opportune time, and now their season's on the brink right. of going all downhill like it did last year. Hopefully Tom hey. Allen and the team can turn hey. it around. Uh, with me from Irish Illustrated, Lynn Clark, who's live at Notre Dame. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much. I know a great effort on your part to get to a phone. Uh, we got a couple minutes here, and when, if you have time, we'll keep you through. But disappointing loss to the Cardinals, 16-14 to 14 for the Irish. Yeah, just got out of the press conference with Marcus, uh, Marcus Freeman and a uh, very disappointed head coach. And uh, uncharted waters for this program. This is the first time Notre Dame has lost uh, three games in many seasons. And so he talked about getting back on the practice field this week and trying to come up with a plan to learn how to execute. And uh, this was echoed by the players who were in the postgame press conference as well. And Bob, uh, it's going to be fall break. And so the players are going to be on campus and try to get this worked out as they have one uh, game against UNLV this Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium, an afternoon game. And so they're going to try to correct the mistakes that they made against Stanford tonight. But give credit for Stanford to come out and knock off the Fighting Irish tonight, 16-14. Yeah, the disappointing thing is offensively, they just never got on track and credit in large part to the defensive effort of Stanford. Yeah, Stanford came in and uh, very physical players. And this is a rivalry game. And the first time the Legends Trophy will head back to Palo Alto for the first time in three seasons. And uh, they just uh, played better football tonight. And so this is something Notre Dame is going to have to learn to try to be consistent in four quarters. And as I said, a lot of people are shaking their heads right now. It's uh, something that they need to work on. They know what they need to do. It's just in the execution phase. That's what they're going to be working on in practice this week to go back and review every play to find out what is the problem so they can fix it. So do you have time or do you need to run? I need to run, Bob. All right, Lynn, I appreciate it. Great job. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Lynn Clark, Dr. Lynn Clark from Irish Illustrated. Boilers, excuse me, Irish lose to Stanford 16-14. We'll come back. Scoreboard update coming up on Indiana Sports Talk. And for this final update tonight, let's look ahead to tomorrow. The Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. We knew the Colts would be without Quiddy Payne, Shaquille Leonard on the defensive end. We found out today Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines are also out for tomorrow's game. So the Colts are shorthanded uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts 0-2-1 against AFC South, looking for a win against Jacksonville. Other games tomorrow, 1 o'clock, San Francisco at Atlanta, New England at Cleveland, the Jets at the Packers, Vikings at Miami. Miami, the Bengals are at the Saints, Ravens at the Giants, Buccaneers are at the Steelers, 4 o'clock, the Panthers at the Rams, Cardinals at the Seahawks, Bills at the Chiefs, and Sunday Night Football tomorrow, Dallas at Philadelphia. NASCAR tomorrow, the round of eight in the NASCAR Cup playoffs get underway. The South Point 400, 2.30 tomorrow on NBC. There is an Indiana native 
for Stuart Haas Racing. Still in the playoffs in this round of eight, which is Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville. Chase Briscoe, he will start on the outside row number eight tomorrow when they go green. Looking to try to get to the championship four. He can do just that if he can get to victory lane tomorrow at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Tyler Reddick is on the pole. Austin Sendrick will be on the outside of the front row. William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, Christopher Bell, last week's winner at the Roval, Harrison Burton, Bubba Wallace, and Austin Dillon will be on the top 10 when they go green for the NASCAR Cup Series tomorrow at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. A busy day of football and racing tomorrow. Have a great weekend. I'm Brad Huber for Network Indiana Sports. Welcome back, everybody. What a great night. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brad Huber, trust me, brother. You have done a fantastic job tonight. What a great, what a fun night to be the scoreboard anchor on Indiana Sports Talk. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Normally you don't get, you know, maybe one Indiana team in action in the late game, but today we had two, and they were both all the way down to the wire at Ross-Aid Stadium in West Lafayette and at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, and it was just hard keeping track of everything as it was back and forth in both ball games uh, late tonight. But it was a lot of fun also, and uh, that's why we enjoy doing this and keeping you up to date as games are are going on. So uh, it was fun watching uh, and keeping track of both of those games here uh, in prime time on this uh, Saturday night in the middle of October. Yeah, and you start your day by driving up to Muncie to watch your beloved Cardinals win a game today. So, and you know, what what a day what a day for you. I mean, that's uh, you start out with a win, you come in, come in the studio and then Shepard is through a very crazy night of football. So, yeah, you're going to you you need some sleep. You certainly deserve it. Well, I, my day actually started in this building about 8.15 this morning as I was producing Soccer Saturday and the Pacers weekly uh, show this morning okay before going then. up to uh, to Muncie for that Ball State game today. So, yes, I am very much looking forward to uh, some sleep here in just a little bit. Being able to sleep in tomorrow uh, is certainly a yeah, good thing. but you're such a – you're such a gearhead that you'll be up uh, in time to watch NASCAR tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'll have that race on uh, tomorrow, the big uh, South Point 400, the first race of the round of eight in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. And, uh, you know, not too often and you have an Indiana native still alive like Chase Briscoe is in his sophomore season in the NASCAR Cup Series. So... You know, we'll see if he can find a way to get to victory lane. If he gets a way to victory yep. lane, he'll move on to the championship four automatically. So we'll have to see. And then uh, looking forward to getting down to the Homestead Miami Speedway and watching that racing uh, in person next weekend with the trucks in the Xfinity Series on Saturday and the Cup Series on Sunday next weekend. What he's not telling you is that the, he he's, Brad is getting married. His bachelor, your, your bachelor party <laughs> or whatever we call them nowadays, yep. you're taking your guys down to uh, Homestead for uh, the IndyCar race, right? That's your oh, bachelor NASCAR. party, NASCAR, which I yes. think is a fantastic. Uh, it's, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic idea. You have a bachelor party around a race. That's cool. That's good stuff. Yeah, for people who know me, that uh, makes complete sense. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun yeah, to watch that triple header. Next weekend at Homestead for the Trek Expanding in the Cup Series. And uh, right now the weather is looking great, so hopefully that will uh, continue mid-80s and uh, no rain. So hopefully that will continue through this week, and we'll have a great weekend uh, next weekend. should be a lot of fun to uh, hang out with a lot of good uh, friends and brothers, and uh, can't wait to get down there. 
Chris Kievers joins us from the University of Indianapolis. The Hounds lose at Saginaw Valley today, 38-14. Coach, thanks so much for the call, and uh, you lost to a very good team today. Yeah, you know, we, we lost our quarterback the week before, and, uh, you know, we knew we'd struggle a little bit on offense. It just kind of – we let it affect us. You know, they're a good football team. They're a really good football team, and, and we had to play – you know, we had to, you know, all three phases had to play pretty well, and we didn't. Uh, started out with a blocked punt. The wind was was really bad up there, and we tried to, and the kid outran the, the protection to try to kick the ball, and, and uh, just that's how it started, and, and, you know, we didn't kind of went that way the whole day. Well, Coach, I know you hustled to get me on the line. We are up against the end of the show. I wish you, who yeah. are you playing next week? We got uh, Quincy at home, big league game for us. Well, it'd be a good chance to bounce back from this tough loss on the road at Saginaw Valley. Chris Kievers, thank you, Chris. Uh, be safe and thanks so much, and good luck next week. You're welcome, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Barry. I'll look all forward right. to it. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of our callers, uh, and thanks to all of you. Great job, as always, by Brad Huber and James Adams. Thank you so much to our great stations around the state that bring the show every Friday and Saturday night. And also, thanks to all of you for making us the most listened to sports talk show in our state's history. It is the history-making legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Well, I had you fooled, didn't I? I had already signed off, and I was reminded by my producer, James Adams, that I had one more segment. And I apologize to Coach Keevers and cutting him off so abruptly and we would have had more time and I, I i am sorry about that and apologize to our stations along the way for getting everybody nervous along the way this is indiana sports talk it's brought to you by indiana donor network it's been a, a fun fun night uh it's kind of you know great to see the back and forth uh with the purdue and nebraska uh the drama with the uh, stanford notre dame game uh, just a full day of college football. Again, we know it's going to be a full day of uh, NFL football tomorrow. Colts in action, as you all know, against Jacksonville. That's a 1 o'clock start at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, we just continue to count ourselves down, and we're into it. Again, I want to remind everyone, please join us on Friday night, as you normally do during the football and basketball seasons, because Friday night we start the sectionals uh, around the state, and uh, it's a fun, fun time. It's an emotional time. That's the one thing about football. I used to teach a sports ethics class at IUPUI, a class I dearly love to teach and uh, had a great time doing it for a number of years. And one of the things we talk about in that class was the concept of uh, sport elimination and ending your careers. And, and, uh, and football is one of those classic examples that when you're finished playing high school football or, or college football, you know, your, your football career is over. You can still go play pickup basketball and go play tennis and golf and those kinds of things. But, you know, as a football player, and you're so invested on Friday nights in high school, and for most of our kids, Friday night, uh, that, that senior year when you uh, your season ends uh, will be the last time you'll strap on the pads and go play. And it's incredibly emotional for people, and it, and it should be. 
um, because that's how important it is. And so uh, that's why uh, it's a big, big deal for the sectionals coming up. And make sure you join us uh, on Friday and catch the interviews with the coaches and the media people. And so if you get a chance, get out and support your uh, local uh, student athletes and your community and have some fun. And uh, my congratulations to the parents and the kids and everyone because, you know, you've bought into it. It's not an easy sport to be a, a member of. It's hard. Uh, it's demanding. And to, to do those kinds of things, irrespective of the wins and losses, you're to be applauded. So, again, we're glad that you join us tonight. But don't forget to join us this coming weekend because we, we're we in the, the one-and-done type of arena now as the sectionals begin. IHSA fall sports programs you know, are into the championship rounds and a lot of different things. And so it's an important time of year for everybody. Don't forget to tune in and watch the Colts. If you can't, listen to Matt Taylor uh, on the radio network uh, and have some fun with that. should be interesting to see how that game uh, progresses. But again, let me sign off again, thanking uh, James and thanking Brad and our great stations around the state. And thanks to you. Hey, listen, 29 years of this, you've been with us, making us the most listened to sports talk show in our state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.